0: lock and load. This is Steve Dace. The
1: Steve Dace Show. And greetings. Happy Thursday. Welcome to the Steve Dace Show live and on demand on Blaze TV radio and podcast. I am Steve Dace. He's Todd Erzin. And he is Aaron McIntyre. And you are you. Let us know who you are and what you think about what we think. You can email the program, steve at stevedace.com. That's D E A C E. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Steve Dace Show. Uh, what else? Uh, like us on Gab. Follow us uh, over there as well on MeWe. Look for Steve Dace there. And then if you're looking for clips of this show that you can sample with others, uh, for example, or look at what happened to the flu, go to YouTube.com slash SteveDace. That's D-E-A-C-E or Rumble.com slash show. We've got a jam-packed show for you today. Theology Thursday, next hour, we begin. So spoiler alert, we begin diving into my new book, A Nefarious Carol, the sequel to A Nefarious Plot, which we are turning into a feature film as we speak. We'll take a little break from everything going on with three non-political questions. At the bottom of this hour, a guy who's been uh, a big help to our show uh, for the last 10 months, a researcher, COVID researcher extraordinaire. Kyle Lamb is going to make a return to the program. Uh, he's actually been assisting governor DeSantis, administration down in Florida. So clearly, uh, Ron DeSantis uh, has an eye for talent, but Kyle's going to join us to give us some possible explanations to the question we've been asking this week. What happened to the flu? Where is it? He's got some theories and we're going to discuss that with him uh, coming up at the bottom of the hour. But before we get to all of that, here's Aaron's rundown
2: of what happened while we were away. What happened while we were away, brought to you by Double Masking Arrives at Long Last. The CDC released new research, if you can call it that, into the efficacy, if you can call it that, of wearing two masks. The CDC research was performed on mannequins, not humans, and the CDC itself says the results don't show any real world value of actually being useful. Speaking of the CDC, they recently partnered with Warner Media to produce this television spot.
0: Release the
1: meteor! No!
2: He's looking at you, kid. For those of you listening, what we're watching is a series of iconic movie moments with masks superimposed over characters' faces. Learning Chinese today, today's phrase is, Why is Voldemort only wearing one mask? National Institutes of Health tweets, NIH calls for greater inclusion of pregnant and lactating people in COVID-19 vaccine research. This comes after regulators in the EU have started pumping the brakes on baby havers and lactating people getting the vaccine. The CDC and other entities have been encouraging non-gender specific baby makers to get the vaccine for weeks. Johnson & Johnson CEO Alex Gorsky says he expects to see the COVID vaccine be become a yearly ritual like the flu shot.
3: I think most people feel that this will be something where likely for the, yes, the next several years uh, we'll be, we'll be getting a COVID-19 shot just like we would a flu shot. now exactly what that shot's going to be comprised of, I don't think we know today, uh, but uh, I I think we could all imagine a future uh, where we're living with this, uh, but where we can keep the science, uh, you know, at pace with the
2: virus. According to the Miami Herald, the Biden administration is considering domestic travel restrictions, including some against travel to Florida, out of concern for coronavirus mutations. Learning Spanish today, today's phrase is, how do you spell District 13? Como se escribe, distrito 13. Brazil. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis once again sparred with the media when asked about fans celebrating the Buccaneers Super Bowl win without masks.
1: The media is worried about that, obviously. You guys really love that. Uh, you don't care as much if it's a, quote, peaceful protest, and then it's fine. You don't care as much if they're celebrating a Biden election. You only care about it if it's people that you don't like. So, I'm a Bucs fan. I'm damn proud of what they did on Sunday night.
2: Moving on, Cancel Culture came again last night as Disney, along with Lucasfilm announced they have no intentions of working with actress Gina Carano any longer. Carano played the role of one of the more popular characters on the wildly popular show, The Mandalorian. She's gained prominence on Twitter in recent months after poking fun at the election and repeatedly questioning encroaching government power in the wake of COVID mitigation efforts. She also repeatedly pokes fun at woke culture. Disney claims the final straw was Carano's recent post comparing the American political climate to that of Nazi Germany. So they fired her, proving her point. In other cancel culture news, YouTube has completely banned LifeSite News from their platform and removed all their videos. YouTube claims the publication repeatedly violated their terms of service regarding information about COVID-19. The National Basketball Association clapped back at Dallas Mavericks owner Mark Cuban yesterday, saying all teams in the National Basketball Association will be playing the National Anthem before their games. And finally, this op-ed from The Atlantic from Alexander Nazarian. I miss the thrill of Trump. Nazarian goes on to write, quote, covering the administration was thrilling for many journalists and." the way that I imagine storming Omaha Beach must have been for a 20-year-old fresh from the plains of Kansas. He hadn't signed up for battle, but there he was, liberating France. And that's what happened while we were away.
1: Dude, these people are just... Somebody wrote that?
2: Yeah. Covering
1: the presidency was like getting off a boat on the beaches of Normandy against a hail of bullets? Exactly like it. I mean, what a bunch of peace.
0: It's just the part two of the Time article. They're saying it out loud. They, they, they are all Jeffrey Tubin satisfying themselves. That's all that they are. That,
2: In front of the world. Yeah. yeah. But don't, don't make other analogies. Don't get canceled.
1: Aaron's Montage brought to you by Omega XL. Whether it is back, knees, neck, or shoulder pain, not injury, but if you've got pain, I get an injury, go see a doctor. Um, but uh, if if you've got pain in those joints, stiff limbs. Chances are the underlying cause is likely inflammation. So you got to defeat that inflammation before it causes permanent damage, and that's where Omega XL comes in. Backed by 35 years of clinical research, Omega XL attacks the inflammation that's causing your pain. It's so brilliant, I use it on a daily basis. It's part of my post-workout recovery. Pain, because pain relievers, those topical rubs, they just, well, mask the problem, Omega XL will help neutralize the inflammation that is the cause. And right now, um, if you want to get started, order Omega XL, get a bottle, and get a second one for free. So buy one, get one free right now when you go to OmegaXL.com Steve. That's OmegaXL.com Steve. Or if you're old school, just give them a call. 800-844-4888. That's 800-844-4888. Oh, by the way, Todd, you got to come up with something for us to do in the overtime. I just remembered to tell you that.
0: Fair enough. Okay. I'm nimble. So. All right.
1: Thank you. Let's let's get to what is in the montage. And before I, I respond to any of these individual stories, I, I, I think we need to take a step back and set the stage of what I believe is occurring. I, I had a conversation this morning with uh, a friend of mine. Uh, who uh, worked in the Trump administration, and it was a it was a fascinating conversation because um, they've been out of the White House now for what about uh, almost three weeks, and in the in the Gen Pop, and I guess I never considered this because I don't work in the White House, I never have that they're not just sitting around all day. You know, uh, monitoring what media is saying and doing—they're not. I mean, they, they, they've got a country to run, and a lot of that requires a lot of work. And and they'll be presented with clips or quotes or transcriptions of things to counter, respond to, correct, etc. But but on a first-person level, they're not just sitting there all day ingesting this as a consumer. And. He was watching Tucker Carlson's monologue last night about the five people killed in the, um, the riot being labeled the insurrection of January the 6th. And how Tucker just deconstructed every narrative that we've seen proffered up by the American left, except it's not the American left. I'm going to explain that here in just a second. OK, but we'll go with that for now. All right. The American left and the media. But I repeat myself. And he just says, I mean, the, the anger swelling as he's watching this that just none of this was true none of a lot of what they in the White House were asked to respond to was even true and you think you're dealing with just and he's like is this what it was like the last few years and I I said to this friend of mine I said you mean like we still don't know the motivation for the worst mass shooting in American history fake Russian collusion fake rape hoses The gaslighting of all this COVID data and data that I've exposed for the last ten months, on and on. I mean, on and on we could go. I mean, we've. uh, I mean, the FBI could, you know, was warned about the gay nightclub shooter in Orlando. Was warned about the Parkland shooter in Florida. Warned about these things. uh, Warned about, uh, you know, the 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 worst pedophile. Ever, that was operating in, in women's sports and with the U.S. Olympic Committee warned about all these things, did nothing. But someone reports a garage door rope looks like a noose at a NASCAR garage and 14 agents just show up like that, right? And I just ran down this rundown for him. And I said, yeah, on the other side of the equation, this is what it has been like these last few years. And he's like, I... You know, you're drinking, you work in the White House, man. You're drinking from a fire hose. You're just like trying to get to bedtime. (laughs) You know, it's why a lot of people, when a guy wins a second term, don't serve, don't stay. And even half the staff resigns for a first term. And that's even when things are going well, let alone when you're dealing with this environment. And then you have the mercurial persona of the president himself. All right. That adds a lot of years, a lot of tread on those tires fast. You age in dog years. And so you just don't have time to know. You think you're just still dealing with political media bias, right? Because even in, the, even in the White House press briefings, when you get Jim Acosta's act, it's nauseating, it's grating, but it's just, he's just a shameless media hack that Don Henley was writing songs about 30 years ago, right? It's just we're more aware of it now because of the different kind of media covering this all the time. But Jim Acosta is really nothing new. He's just a, the next nauseating variation of it. But, but and, and he didn't use this word, I'm going to use it. Because I think this is what he was describing. Being on the outside now and watching all this transpire in the first person as a consumer, the, the word he, that I would use to describe how he felt watching this was malevolent. It's malevolent. This is evil. And I, I, I used a term with him that I'm going to use now with all of you. This is satanic. And I'm going to give you some examples of this. You have to understand, there are no moral lines to the devil. The devil is not a promoter of immorality. Immorality. Because immorality still, for us to know what is immoral, we have to know what? What's moral? What's moral? It's it's the eradication of any kind of comparison or line. It's chaos. He's amoral. There aren't any lines. Anything can mean anything it wants. Like when I told you yesterday, and I'm even more convinced of it now, 24 hours later, when I told you yesterday that I believe Fauci knows all of these data points that I've brought up for the last Nine ten months probably knows data points. I don't even know. I think he knows them all. I think that's why he's taken every position. Says one thing on one channel, another thing on another. I think him and the Biden administration. I get the New York Times is out there reporting about how the virus is in retreat in America. I told you yesterday, and I believe it even more today now. This idea that we're not going to reach herd immunity or anything in the fall. This is a scam. The trend, this is to get out ahead of the trend line to lower expectations so that they can then take credit for being your sa- your savior in a month or two or three. Enjoy your summer. Might still have to wear some mask somewhere. But the emergency orders are still in place in case we ever have to invoke them. Should so kind of hold that gun to the head, the sword of Damocles over the head. So we, we, could, we could call them back if we had to. But eventually, you know, An 80-year-old man with dementia is not getting re-elected president, or whoever is really running the country behind the scenes for him, isn't getting elected president with the current economic numbers and and a shutdown country and angry suburban moms who can't get their kids in school. They're not getting re-elected on that. So they got to correct these things. They got to deliver. So you set expectations low now. And then if the trend line reverses and goes back to bad, you can say, well, this is why we told you it was going to take till the fall. You've bought yourself some time, right? Yeah. But if the trend line continues down, wow, these solutions worked even better than we we told you. We told you if you elected us, We'd lock down the virus, not the country. That, that, right? that was Joe Biden's line. And you plant your flag. What did I want Donald Trump to do all last year after 15 days to flatten the curve? And we emptied out the hospitals. What did I tell him to do? Claim victory. We flattened the curve. We, we, got, we, 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 we were so good clearing out the hospitals that now some of them are closing. Anyway, we're going to secure the, 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 the vulnerable and the elderly, everybody else back to work. Maybe I'll have to wear a mask, but back to work. Enjoy America. How many months? How many months did I repeat that mantra? Please do this. Please do this. Please do this, right? Yeah. You're about to watch them do it, I believe. If the trend line continues. If the trend line goes bad again, That then they've covered themselves both ways. They're covered both ways. See, there's no line. There's no line. There's no standard. What do we know is true? I mean, CDC's out there clarifying today that if you've had the vaccine and you've come into contact with somebody with COVID, you don't have to quarantine. You had to clarify that for people? The fact that that has to be clarified shows you how much flat-earth voodoo you have been sold. Otherwise, what the hell's the point of the vaccine? If you look at a lot of these stories today, there's, there's the truth is unattainable in them. They're, they're amoral. It's just moral pea soup. It's just, it's blind guides, the blind leading the blind. Where, where is any of this leading? Nowhere, which is exactly where it's supposed to go. Double masks. When the president's own advisors couldn't even agree on that last week. And they put out pictures of people in, of, of mannequins. Well, this is what we did. You know, we man, because that's what we do. We don't breathe. <laughs> you're wearing your cloth mask out in the cold you wear glasses around like i have to a lot of the time what happens when you take a breath wearing that cloth mask and you've got your nose covered too but you're wearing your glasses what do you think happens to your glasses when you do that fog up how would my glasses fog up if i'm not letting anything out answer me that can you riddle me that Batman can you riddle that for me Todd
0: that's one of a long list of
1: problems no question this. just again the truth is, 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 is
0: nowhere to be found gone if you have to double mask how was the mask that was better than the vaccine better yes. ever than a vaccine yeah. or anything
1: you're not being tell told lies it's worse than that because the same thing I just said about immorality we can we know what a lie is if we know what first what is the truth? You're not being told lies. We're being told untruths, untruths. There's no way of knowing. Nothing can be clarified. Oscar is up to eleven, n- Steve. There were no way, no way. LifeSite News gone. We, we, we don't know. We don't know why. They're gone. Gina Carano is not canceled because of the graphic that, or the, what she posted last night. Violating Godwin's law on Nazi references. That's not why she's canceled. She is canceled because she has defied training madness for months and months and months on social media. How many times have I logged on and seen cancel Carano, cancel Gina? How many times? Trying to get rid of her. But the problem is they they can't get rid of her for that. She's gorgeous and a badass athlete. She's the perfect, she's a living stone, to borrow a biblical phrase. She is a testimony that rebukes their insanity. If they cancel her, the, 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 the successful female athlete turns celebrity. If they cancel her for calling BS on trainee madness, it just makes, it undermines all of their arguments. They can't do that. So they wait and they bide their time. And they do it for this instead. It's like arresting Al Capone for tax evasion. So she's not being, she's not being canceled for this. So you can go find, I've seen this, I've even shared Pedro Pascal or co-star, you know, comparing the Trump administration in 2018 to Nazis, right? Go find all those you want, flood the zone with it. Won't make a difference because that's not why she's being canceled. She's being canceled for defying the spirit of the age, not for making a stupid Nazi reference. Her existence is a defiance. And as you said before the show, Todd, they had to, therefore, abort her. They can't allow her to live. Yep. We can't allow the child conceived in rape to go on and become something. Because that undermines the whole argument. Let every child be a wanted child. Well, here was clearly an unwanted child who wants to be raped, who wants to be conceive a child by a rapist. We can't possibly have that child go on and serve humanity, have a healthy life. Children that bless the world bless others can't allow that because it undermines the whole narrative so we got to always make sure we abort all those kids first same thing here she's been aborted not canceled she can't be allowed to live because her existence as a gorgeous and badass woman at the exact same time repudiates all of their ideology Third wave feminism, tranny madness, all of it. She's a living repudiation of it. So they had to abort her. They just had to wait for the right time. The National Institute of Health trying to come up with some way to label women without calling them that. These aren't lies. They're untruths. This is doctrine of demons kind of stuff. And if you think, folks, sitting around for the next midterm election and then clapping like seals when the Kevin McCarthys of the world win 50 house seats and you think you saved America, you are also Aligned. there is not a political movement or party who can defy this this is satanic I really believe it there is no truth you're not being told lies they have chloroformed truth you walk out of your home and truth doesn't exist. And worse yet, I know it. Most of you know it. But then we will impose this these untruths on one another. Make sure you're wearing your mask. Don't speak up. We don't want to get canceled by Facebook. Twitter, YouTube. What's going on with the travel restrictions to Florida have nothing to do with variants. That's, a, that's not true. What it's about is Ron DeSantis has to be aborted. We cannot allow Ron DeSantis to win re-election because I'm telling you right now, right now, and this isn't an endorsement, it's an analysis. I want to make this very, very clear. It is not an endorsement, but an analysis. Have I made that clear? Yes. Let me repeat this. It is not an endorsement, but an analysis. I don't know him at all. I've met him once, had one conversation with him for 15 minutes at CPAC in a hallway. So this is not an endorsement. It's an analysis. But if the guy in that clip gets reelected in the most expensive and pivotal swing state in the union in 2022... The only one that's stopping him from being the Republican nominee in 2024, if he wants to be, is if Donald Trump chooses to run again. Nobody else is stopping him from being the nominee. And you know how you can tell that that is true? By the fact they're making actions, they're they're considering actions like this. That's why Aaron was brilliant to use the District 13 analogy. That's exactly right. Ron DeSantis, like Gina Carano, must be aborted. He's the control group. A large state, a large diverse state with large urban populations. Where the last 11 presidential elections until this one, the average margin of victory was just two and a half points. More money. Florida is America's political Valley of Megiddo. More wars and dollars have been spent politically to win control nationally in the state of Florida than any other place in the country in our generation. And if we have this guy telling the media, F you, and F you, and F you, and F you, and, F you, and really F you, and then you, the horse you rode in on, how you like them apples? While his schools are open, while the Super Bowl's there, While Aaron's going on a belated honeymoon to Disney World and I'm taking my kids there the week after the election. That can't be allowed to stand. They have to abort him now. And I'll even take it one further. If he survives this, and trust me, they're going to throw everything at him to wreck that state. They're going to do everything they can to wreck that state. Everything they can. If he survives this and wins re-election, it's not just that Donald Trump's the only person that could deny him the, j- the nomination, but probably the presidency, because he'll be the next president of the United States. That is not an endorsement. I'll vet him like I do the rest of the candidates. I'm just analyzing the situation. He survives this and comes out on the other end. And he's the governor of such a consequential state at the same time. He's battle tested, battle scarred. He beat them back. That is one hell of a narrative to sell voters. And he's not, he's running, running like this in the general. He's already done this in Florida. He's already, he's already run a campaign for a 50-50 population. He's already done it. Until he got into office the first time. Now he's going to try to do it a second. They know, they know this, too. They know this, too. They know that he can't be Donald Trump without the behavior. They know that. That he can't be the smart, stable version of a Trump. That he can actually do the stuff Trump would just tweet about. They can't allow this. this who's the they? I'm not talking about the Democrats. I'm talking about the spirit of the age. Cannot permit this. They will do everything they can the next couple of years to wreck this state. Everything. Because, like Gina Carano, Ron DeSantis must be aborted. There will be no negotiating with this. There will not be some some clever. Let's just stay under the radar. Not put our head above water. Not, let's not let's not do anything. It doesn't it doesn't matter. You will not outsmart this. You will not last it. Nobody. Nobody will. Not one platform, not one politician, not one community. None of you will. There will be no Dunkirks. You're going to have to defeat it. You're going to have to confront it, and you're going to have to defeat it. The time is coming. That just deciding, well, we're not going to put some, pla- some videos some places and some content somewhere and, and do it in other places. No. You won't get to put it anywhere. Anywhere. Ask Gina Carano. Ron DeSantis understands this. That's why last week he said, hey, understand, you come after me, I hit back. Daily fines. get rid of you in our state you break we we uphold laws see that's what it's going to take
0: steve they just canceled a kennedy today for going after fauci if they're canceling a kennedy you don't think they're not going to abort us that's what's going on here this is satanic and these are not cancels
1: they're abortions just in a different form We'll come back. Researcher extraordinaire Kyle Lamb will be joining us here next. Just had one of my favorite times of the day, Built Bar Time. They're coming out with a brand new flavor. I don't know if I can say what it is yet, but. Uh, I'll tell you this, I I, I was impressed enough, I went and bought some for myself last night. And I keep, I've been wondering what happened to my uh, uh, cookie dough, built bars. Yeah. I see you, Dallas. They got sent down there, so y'all have been eating them for the last few weeks. Thankfully, I'm getting some now sent directly to my house, right? So... Over twenty flavors, the best protein bar you've ever had, all covered in real chocolate. And any lifestyle that you live—if you are um, just trying to cut back on calories, these are all one hundred and eighty calories or less. If you're low fat, low sugar, uh, three to uh, five grams of sugar uh, each in each bar. That's it. Uh, low fat each bar as well. If you are uh, if you're keto, uh, three to five grams of carbs per bar. And anything you want to try to do you're going to you're going to find that built bar is compatible with All covered, did I say, in real chocolate. All of them delicious. It's the best protein bar you've ever had. It's better than some candy bars that are out there. And right now you can use my name, uh, my last name anyway, Dace, as a promo code. Get 20% off either your first or if you want to go back for seconds, your next order as well. All right? Use the promo code Dace, D-E-A-C-E. Get 20% off when you go to BuiltBar.com, B-U-I-L-T, BuiltBar.com. I'll give you a little hint on the new flavor not sure I can I can do this, but I'm going to anyway, because I keep teasing it. How do you feel about brownies?
0: You like brownies? Yeah, brownies are okay. Brownies are okay? Yeah.
1: Then I think you're going to really like this new flavor they're about to launch. All right, builtbar.com. Use the promo code DACE. All right, let's bring in our old friend, uh, researcher, COVID researcher extraordinaire, Kyle Lamb. Good to have you back on the show, Kyle. How you been, man?
3: Hey, I've been great, Steve. Appreciate you having me.
1: Well, look at you, man. Get hired by... A politician and showing up here in a shirt and a tie and a jacket looking all official, man. what You've already sold out, Kyle. You've already sold out.
3: Hey, I got to please the man.
1: I hear you. I hear you. So, brother, we have been asking this question all week long on the show. Where is the flu? We've shown um, how numbers compared. I mean, I I think it was actually next week, a year ago, that CDC had the flu above the epidemic line. That was the, the last couple of weeks before we started with, uh, with our concerns over COVID. Uh, a 99% decrease in samples reported to the CDC compared to one year ago at this time for the flu. So did we cure the flu? Where did it go? Kyle, you have been researching this, even going back to last fall. And uh, let's, do we want to start with the graphic you sent or do you want to answer the question first?
3: Well, let's start with answering the question. There are really three explanations here. Uh, There's the natural explanation. You know, did it vanish because of viral interference, you know, COVID coming along and suppressing the flu? Uh, maybe there are other natural explanations that
1: meaning know, like a superior have strain, have. sort of like a natural selection in a way. Gotcha. Okay.
3: Yeah. Yeah, and that that's the that's the natural explanation. There's an artificial explanation. You know, that's NPIs. You know, did, did uh, you know schools being out in a lot of places suppress it? Did is it masks? Is it lockdowns and distancing hygiene? Uh, you know, there are all sorts of NPI explanations, and of course, the third is a more sinister explanation. And, you know, I don't think there's any evidence for this, but there's some people out there that say, well, you know, if flu didn't go away, we're just, you know, calling it COVID. And uh, that would require a massive, massive scale of laboratories and health health departments and and reporting to who and CDC. And I just don't think there's any evidence for that. But there is that theory out there as well. So those are the three explanations. And look, it, it doesn't have to be one or the other. It could be a combination of the three. But that's that's the three that we're working off of. And and. We'll get into this, but I'm leaning towards the natural explanation, not that NPIs can't be contributing, but that's where I lean. All right.
1: So let's take a look at let's take a look at the graphic that you sent us. okay? Um, and I want you. These are weekly flu cases in Japan. I want you to explain this graphic to our audience and, and start, though, by telling us why are we looking at Japan?
3: Yeah. So Japan is a a very good example for some of the arguments that have been made as to why the flu disappeared. So what we're looking at here is the top three rows, uh, the blue, the orange and the red are flu cases in 2017, 18 and 19 by week in Japan. And so what we're seeing here is then, when we look at 2020, it went down earlier and then the green at the bottom, the fifth row, is when COVID started coming up. And the reason this is important is because Japan always wore masks during flu season. 2019 was said to be a really bad flu season. 2017 was a bad flu season and Japan citizens wear masks regularly. So first of all, we eliminate the mask NPI as the reason for the flu disappearing in Japan because they always wear masks during the flu seasons. So we've seen that that is not likely a, a a major factor. The other one here, as we look at this graph, is the distancing. You know, lockdowns and distancing is another explanation for why the flu may have disappeared. But in Japan, I have notated with annotations here in the 2020 row that Google mobility, which, you know, the Google tracks through Android devices, the uh, typical travel patterns of users. And what we can see here is the cases were already going down for the flu before the Google mobility scores went down. And to calculate this, they use a baseline of normal activity based on day of the week. And we only see about a 1% decrease in the first couple of weeks after the cases were already going down. So this eliminates the explanation that, well, Japan went down because of social distancing and people not going out as much. We don't see any data to support that. So Japan is really an interesting case example for the third reason, because schools being out. People say, well, you know, children are vectors of the flu. And we all know that. That That's absolutely true. But we see here on the graph that schools did not close in Japan until February 28th, which was the end of week 10. By then, flu was way down already. It was starting to go down. And by the time the schools even closed, it wouldn't have impacted it for a couple more weeks. So we see this perfect storm here. All the explanations for non-pharmaceutical interventions cannot be explained in Japan for why the flu went down. So that's why this graph is important, because the timing here really cast doubt on NPI's having a major impact on why flu went away in Japan. And again, that's not to say that they have no impact and that they are not still contributing to suppression. But Japan is a good case example against the NPI explanation.
1: OK, let's let's go to Sweden next. So we have one control group and It's good to have one because let's face it, a lot of the science we're being sold these days has none, okay? But you also can have a control group turn into maybe an outlier, right? I mean, that's a really, maybe a healthier population. Uh, Maybe they have a different seasonality. Uh, They're on the other side of the world, okay? So, do we have other control groups? Let's go next to Sweden. What do we know about Sweden in terms of where the flu is at there? Considering, I mean, I've read all the breathless headlines. Everybody's been desperate for Sweden to lock down. And when you read what Sweden actually did, they still don't have any mask mandates. They have very low mask compliance. I think they uh, they stopped like large public gatherings and asked the bars to close at like 10 o'clock. All right. That was their version of a lockdown uh, in Sweden uh, a few months ago. Nothing compared to what's been done in Israel, which is has the worst first COVID problem on planet Earth right now, despite the highest vaccination rate and one of the most stringent lockdowns. So what do we know about Sweden? Where's the flu there?
3: Yes, flu has been gone in Sweden since March of 2020. It's the same story. You could argue the mobility went down for the first few weeks of the pandemic in Sweden last year but it has started to creep back to normal and we know they're not wearing masks there. I mean, if you go around, if you see videos and pictures of people roaming around Stockholm, nobody's wearing masks. Uh, so Sweden is another good control group because the flu is God in Sweden. And again, Sweden never closed schools ever. They have remained open this entire time. So the argument that kids were the vectors of flu, uh, well, that's that's absolutely true. Children do spread the flu. But children are still in schools in Sweden. So that's not an explanation. So Sweden is another interesting control group because, again, the NPIs just don't fit that. Uh, it's it, it just the data doesn't support it. Now, again, I, I'm not saying the NPIs don't help or can't help, but it's not the primary factor for why it disappeared.
1: All right. So we've got that gives us two control groups. Then you could still say, though, dietary habits. Um, you know, uh, BMI indexes, body mass size in, in Japan is dramatically different than it is here in the United States. You could look at Sweden's healthcare system, cradle to grave, everything covered, monitored uh, is not what we have here in the United States. So do we have a control group here in the United States? How about your the state that you're following closely now where you're working, Florida? All right. So you have a very diverse population, large urban centers. Uh, you're going to have a lot of. Snowbirds, so people who come down there that uh, maybe are maybe overweight, uh, elderly. You have one of the highest elderly populations in the country. Does your state fit as a third potential control group here?
3: Yes, it does. Uh, Burbio, who who tracks school data, uh, as of the latest update, has Florida ninety nine percent of the school districts in Florida offering in school. Uh, in school, uh, in schooling for, for children right now. And that doesn't mean that 99% of the kids are actually in school. I think the number is somewhere around 60%, but compare that to California, for instance, where only 12% of the districts are offering in school. Uh, So there's a huge difference between California and Florida. Well, Florida is actually 17th best when it comes to pediatric cases per capita. And that comes from the American Academy of Pediatrics. That's their February 4th report. Florida has the 17th lowest pediatric rate in the country. Uh, Compare that to California, which is almost a thousand cases higher per 100,000, despite the fact that California has very, very little in-person schooling right now. Uh, So, yeah, Florida, again, it kind of checks some of the boxes. Kids stayed in school. Uh, People are largely out and about. Now, I'm not gonna say the mask are the same because despite the lack of a statewide mandate, look, a lot of people are wearing masks in Florida and that's gonna be true for almost anywhere in the United States because private businesses are mandating it even in places where they're not required by government. Uh, But Florida checks all the other boxes. You know, people are largely out and about back to normal. Schools have been in in since last fall. So uh, yeah, Florida definitely meets the criteria, I think for a control group.
1: So we have two different hemispheres, three different countries, dramatically different culturally, dramatically different in terms of public policy, expectations, familiarity with things like coronaviruses, like Japan, for example. They fight these sorts of things on a routine basis in their part of the world. So all those three areas are, have a lot of diversity within this triumvirate of Japan, Sweden and Florida. And yet, when we look at the flu rates in all of these countries, despite that. They all say roughly the same thing, don't they?
3: It is. And and here's another point that I want to make, Steve, because I hear one of the common answers to why is COVID, you know, still spreading so rapidly? Well, it's actually in decline right now, but why has it spread so rapidly compared to the flu being gone? The common answer you hear is well the R naught or the R zero of COVID is over two. You know, you hear 2.2, 2.3, where the flu, seasonal flu is about 1.4, right? Well, that's the explanation as to why NPA, NPIs may have worked against one against or the other. But RSV, uh, the respiratory syncytial virus, is completely gone right now. And remember, RSV has an r of 3.0, which is actually higher than COVID. So if we're going to use the R0 as an explanation, why did RSV disappear, but COVID didn't? And the other side of the coin is why did flu disappear, but why did a bunch of rhinoviruses with a smaller R-naught disappear or are still spreading right now in the US? Like if you go to the CDC page, it actually tracks rhinoviruses and coronaviruses. You'll see a lot of rhinoviruses are still spreading. So why did the NPIs knock out the flu but knockout, not knockout rhinoviruses with a lesser are not. So, again, it's, there are so many inconsistencies here. It's just really tough to pin this down.
0: Hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: To me, there's, there's two possible explanations here. One is that because um, they, that anything that has a COVID-like symptom, flu, anything, whatever, it's just all being coded as COVID, similar to how we've seen there. You know, deaths from and then with, right? The the case in your state where the guy died in the motorcycle accident last year and got uh, categorized as a COVID death because they the autopsy showed he had COVID nineteen, right? Okay, so that's one possibility. The other is, as you've stated, old fashioned science as we used to understand it prior to all of this getting politicized. But if we go down that road, then that that introduces us to. Uh, herd immunity and things of that nature and herd immunity thresholds you know those dirty words and terms that we're not allowed to use anymore while we're trying to do a mass vaccination program supposedly to get us to herd immunity i'll give you the last word kyle go ahead
3: yeah, it's, it's funny. That herd immunity term, it has been a dirty word. Uh, now, all of a sudden, I, I think people are coming around and acknowledging it again. It's like, wait a minute, you've, you've been calling us crazy for saying herd immunity for the last year, and now you're acknowledging it exists and it may be happening because they can't explain away why cases are down 56% in the last four weeks in the United States. So, uh, and it's down everywhere. Every single state is down over 30% in the past month. So, uh, they can't explain it. And I think they have to eventually acknowledge some of what has been said the last year is actually true.
1: Kyle, you've done phenomenal work, uh, yeah, about- man. Thank you so much for joining us as always being a part of the show. Uh, we'll have you back and, uh, you've been a big asset to uh, folks like me as well also on a personal level. Thank you. Keep doing what you're doing. All right.
3: Thank you, Steve. Appreciate it.
1: You bet what do you guys think
0: you know, this flu thing reminds me of that great series of scenes in apollo 13 where things are going bad and one problem after another and because they have to move from uh, one vehicle to the next just to stay alive they're losing um their ability to the oxygen the carbon dioxide is starting to get too thick but the scrubber that fixes that is not the right size two different sizes, so they have to figure out to rube goldberg these smart people but they know they have to get to the end to save these people so they do it they figure it out this is like one of those pieces if they but the problem is we don't have there might be all kinds of answers behind this that guys like kyle lamb if he was Mm -hmm. surrounded by honest uh brokers Mm -hmm. figure out the problem is they just don't care they really aren't
1: interested in the answer consider that and i said this a week ago Um, let me repeat it we're doing a mass vaccination program of a nation of 331 million people right now to try to get us to herd immunity, allegedly, as fast and safely as we can without with the fewest amount of people getting sick and dying. Right. That's the that's the, tr- the traditional reason for a vaccination program. Mm-hmm. And yet now uh, the, the how you and, and, and when you're vaccinated, the hope is that you show antibodies That that you wouldn't get from getting infected, right? right? And yet we haven't done any antibody testing in this country, standardized at least that we know of, since last April and May. Then we don't even know what the baseline is that we're starting with of who needs the vaccination program or not. Triple mask, Steve. Instead, we talk about that. We'll come back hour two. Theology Thursday is next. we're back with hour two live and on demand here on blaze tv radio and podcast steve dace here with all of you including the one and only Aaron McIntyre, and the one and only Todd Erson. And then you. Let us know what you think about what we think. Email the program steve at stevedace.com. That's D-E-A-C-E. Like us on Facebook and MeWe and Gab. Just look for Steve Dace there. Follow us on Twitter at Steve Dace Show. And then if you're looking for clips of the show that you can watch yourself and then share with others, just go to youtube.com slash stevedace or rumble.com slash stevedace show and again the last name is D-E-A-C-E if you're a podcast listener we appreciate you every bit as much as everyone else we do ask though that you would show your appreciation for us in return uh, hit that subscribe button give us a five-star review whichever po- podcast platform Amazon Spotify Podbay iTunes Stitcher however you podcast the program uh, keep those coming please thousands of you have done those uh, two things for us already uh, the more of you that do that the more more it helps the algorithms um, I guess not promote our show but maybe shadow ban it less <laughs> maybe we need to lower our standards uh, but uh, I'm, not to mention it, in, it impresses the uh, the mucky mucks here at the blaze so just do it for that reason uh, if nothing else uh, Theology Thursday brought to you by our good friends if I can get my computer to work but I can't our good friends our good friends my computer is, is stuck. I hate when that happens and you send me scripts and then I, I can't access them and, and it happens live on the air and I have to stall for time. Before I get to tell you about Patriot Mobile, what are you going to say?
0: That's some pretty good max headroom right there. Did you, you just like that? did.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Really just thought it was an embarrassing inner dialogue, but we'll go with your explanation instead. Uh, I've got some great news to share about our friends at Patriot Mobile. They just expanded their coverage dramatically, which will make it even easier for even more Americans to dump the big name carriers who charge way too much anyway and then donate money to Spirit of the Age leftists. I'm proud to partner with Patriot Mobile because they never send a penny to any of those causes that are out to end our way of life and they never silence you and they are America's only Christian conservative wireless provider. Plus, you can switch with confidence because they use the same networks as the larger providers that just charge much less and switching is easy. Keep your phone number, bring your own phone, or buy a new one. Build your own bundle with multi-line discounts and save even more. Just go to patriotmobile.com slash Steve. That's patriotmobile.com slash Steve or Contact their US based customer service team at 972 Patriot. That's 972 Patriot. This month get a free premiere activation where they set the phone up for you and a special gift with the offer code Steve at patriotmobile.com slash Steve. So let's continue with Theology Thursday as we continue our look at my new book, A Nefarious Carol. This is the sequel. To my 2016 book, Nefarious Plot, which we just finished going back through for a second time here on the show, we're turning that into a motion picture as we speak. And in the sequel book, A Nefarious Carol, which you can get your copy today at Amazon.com or if you want to bypass them and get an autographed copy through Premier Collectibles, you can do that. The link for that is pinned to my Facebook and Twitter accounts right now if you want to get an autographed copy of A Nefarious Carol. Uh, So many of you have bought the book already. Sales have been really strong. Thank you. Uh, If you liked it, uh, if you enjoyed the Audible version with my daughter and I, uh, please leave us a five-star review. Those help uh, promote the book too. But in the sequel book, Now that Lord Nefarious has been successful in taking down America, the devil himself has decided it is time to move on to the next stage of his master plan. With America no longer an obstacle, America will now be his launching pad for the final phase of his attempt at earthly dominion. But for that, for that, he needs a partner and it has to be a willing partner. And that's where we pick up the book with a scared young woman on the run by the name of Ray, R-A-E, not named after the Star Wars character, but a tradition on my mom's side of the family of the women having Ray for a middle name. So I did this in honor of my mother and grandmother. Ray, a scared young woman, is on the run from both uh, a family of dysfunction and the drug dealer boyfriend whose arms she ran into to get out of the home. But after taking too much abuse for him, from him, she's now on the run, unsure of where to go. Pretty much the last amount of money she has, she spends on a seedy motel in a town that she's not familiar with, just trying to get a good night's sleep to figure out what her next move is. And it is there that the devil himself appears and reveals himself to her in the opening chapter of a nefarious carol called... The offer. Gentlemen, the floor is yours.
0: Well, you know, we don't walk out of this show or come in every day you know, thinking out loud, wow, the hand of God is really on this thing. we I mean, we, we say our prayers, we prayer up, but... You know, there's other. there are some days, though, and today is one of those days. It, Steve's opening, and we talked about this, this spirit of the age, this satanic spirit of the age that is governing us, and it's playing out in real time. And then an hour later, we're going to discuss what we discuss, because this opening talks on that very day about this very thing. The devil says to Ray, one of the very, excuse me, the demon, the demon says to Ray, Right after she, f- she, st- she addresses the voice and is beginning a dialogue for the very first time. And his response is, and it sounds like it might just be a cool movie line, I'm the most real thing you've ever known. But it's way deeper than that. And this whole offering is unpacking that, the reality of that. And he does it in a couple different ways. And this speaks to what you said, the untruth, the chaos. Mm-hmm. He says, I'm going to do something I rarely do. I'm going to tell you the truth. And then a little later on, when she says, aren't you supposed to be evil? He said, evil is just a matter of perspective. Mm -hmm. He's constantly balancing this tension. He does have to be more, on because of the cosmic nature of what we're going to get into later in the book, what he's trying, he has to be honest and have her come to her naturally. Mm -hmm. But... He's still scheming that whole evil. It's kind of a matter of perspective sort of thing. Operationally, the way this world functions, that's a he, he's he's not wrong in terms of how we play each other all the time. But mm-hmm. as children of God, we know that's not true. So am, tell me the am I Right. In the tension that he's constantly trying to balance there and being truthful, but not or is it a matter of being truthful but not too truthful? Is it a matter of being truthful but still having a side scam? What exactly is the tension that he has to balance this entire time? Because it's obviously there.
1: Yes. So, for the ritual of a conception between the devil and and an earthly woman, um, for the ritual... In the backstory for this book, for the ritual to be successful, that leads to a conception. He cannot violate her. He cannot assault her. Um, He cannot force his will on her and pose on her. She has to be sober-minded. can't drug her. Um, So she has to, of her own free will, Ray of her own free will, must say yes to being the bride of Satan, to being the mother of his child. Um now how do you woo earnestly woo a woman when you yourself are the father of lies when you yourself are you are you are untruth incarnate you are deception incarnate your 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 natural habitat your native tongue is 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 to deceive how do you do this and what you'll find as we go through the book is he's figuring it out too as we go along. And when the book begins, the reason that this Ray is chosen is because not only is she attractive, young, and of birthing age, but given the desperate, vulnerable situation that she is in, and the fact that she has rejected the Christian upbringing, or at least that's what he thinks, she has rejected the Christian upbringing of her home. So she's already heard all the arguments, right? You don't want to... The devil doesn't want to have a false convert like the church doesn't want to have one. Don't want her to say yes, and then, you know, you run into some street preacher somewhere, right? Um, Runs into uh, 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 Ray and... um, uh, Ray Comfort... And, and Kurt Cameron out there doing street evangelism. <laughs> well, I never heard this stuff before. Maybe I made the wrong choice, right? The fact that she's already heard this message. She grew up in this home. She went to church and then has walked away from it. So she's already rejected in his mind, in the devil's mind, she's already rejected the truth. And now she's desperate. That he starts off thinking this is going to be a lot simpler than it turns out to be one of the things that you'll find as we go through this book and when you were editing editing it editing it for me in real time as i was writing it i was pleased to see you pick up on this one of the things you're going to find when you read this book is ray ray is not what she appears to be there's more there is much more happening there and i and i sort of based it a little bit on on my the recollections i had of my mother when she was young Pregnant at 14, having a baby at 15, has to drop out of school, get a GED, right? On the surface there, you just think just another white trash girl who couldn't keep her pants on, got pregnant, and is going to be on welfare the rest of her life, right? Instead, what you find is she goes back to school, gets her GED, goes to college, becomes a nurse, okay? Raises a family. More going on there than meets the eye with Vicky Wright. That's my mom's maiden name. More going on there than meets the eye. And you'll see this with Ray. As we go through this, you'll see that Ray begins to rise to the occasion. That the devil starts off thinking this thing's going to be, this is going to be a snap, right? I mean, this is going to be slam, bam, thank you, ma'am, in more ways than one. And what he finds as as we go through this book is that she has a sharp intellect there. And it's just been doled down by the abuse that she has suffered through for the last Uh, period of time but now now that someone now that something is earnestly wooing her now that something is earnestly interested in her this is now bringing out the best in her and she starts asking difficult questions as this moves along and and what the devil ends up finding is in, in a strange way this actually makes him more interested in her believing at first that she was just going to be a means to an end But as we go through this book, he's going to be attracted to the notion that this could be more than just a birthing unit, that this could be a partner, that that she could really truly be an apostle, essentially, for him. And that's the balance that has to be struck at the beginning, because at the beginning he thinks she's an easy mark, but at the same time, he can't lie to her either.
0: So he's, I think he's being truthful and not pulling off a scam. Then with this, well, it's evil from a matter of perspective. He he's being truthful by being more nuanced yes. because he has to yes. to respect right. what needs right. to be accomplished. When, when here. he says
1: it's evil from a matter of perspective, that's not just. Um, um, uh, you know, uh, some, uh, the, the animals devolve from four legs, good, two legs, bad to four legs, good, two legs are even better in animal farm. That's not what he means. He, he go back to a nefarious plot. They don't believe that they tempted humanity into betraying God. They believe that they're the whistleblower showing God that he made a mistake with humanity. That's, that's what, that's what they would say is my truth. Not the truth. That's my truth. That's his truth. His truth is that, it, that evil is a matter of perspective. And even he gives a couple of examples. One of them that he gives in the book is. So um, a junkie comes upon a, uh, a, a businessman one day in an alleyway and tries to mug him for money. Doesn't give him his money. And he beats this businessman to death. In the community, because this was a businessman that had employees and, and causes that he supported and was considered an upstanding man of, a member of the community, the community is horrified at this evil act. That this, this junkie just beat up this upstanding pillar of the community. But here's what the community doesn't know. He's also a pedophile that, that once or twice a year goes off to Thailand, to Bangkok, uh, to get his perv and get his freak on. He likes, to, he likes to observe young children in his neighborhood in secret ways that the parents are not aware of. Tries to endear himself into opportunities where he can be around closely unsupervised with children that he's aroused by. If parents, if the fathers knew this, of these children, and they went into that alleyway and they beat the living snot out of him and knocked the pulp off that same community that was horrified by the fact the junkie did this to him. But now that they have a different context, but it's the exact right. same act, suddenly now there's an argument about whether these dads ought to go to jail or be given medals. That's the point that he makes. That's what he means. He's not, this is not trite. I want to make sure the audience understands this. That's why I asked This him is yes. not a trite conversation taking place here. He is evangelizing her. He is and this and this is he's not just handing her a tract. He's not just handing her the satanic version of if you die today, would you be sure you would know where you would go? No, he's making the case that this is transformative to her. And so when he says evil is a matter of perspective. He is, he's showing his work. He's explaining himself. These aren't just slick little slogan earrings. She's too sophisticated for that. You won't earnestly woo woo this woman on just that. She's already heard all the lies. She lived in a hypocritical Christian home. She was, she was shacked up with a drug dealer. She's heard all the slogans. He's not going to reach her like that. All right. He's got to, he's got to sell her on the earnestness of his cause. And so what he's really sharing with her is his own conscience
0: of how he sees himself. That's what I mean operationally down here on earth. So yes, yeah, it might be a little gray area, a little sin here, but you you do it and you get so much more good that you want. He's not trying to play that scam. On no. He's played it on many people yes, before,
1: but yes. that's not the scam here. No, this is this is not um, this is not uh, Uncle Screwtape sending a little cousin nephew wormwood out as it for his first junior temptation. Yes.
0: This is this is the Jedi master. And and so he is he's looking for a pupil. So let me come back full circle into what when, when and one of the very first things, if not the very first thing he says is I'm the most real thing you've ever know mm-hmm. you've ever known. Is he saying that specifically to her or is that something that applies to all mankind? Because all mankind is reading this book and trying to pull something out of it. And they're mm-hmm. not the bride of Satan. So, yes.
1: Yeah. I mean, you know, from working with me, uh, I often have multiple reasons and explanations and and levels for why I write or say the things that I do. Um, it is rare I will just pop off with a rant that doesn't have simultaneous points to it but just vent. Doesn't mean I don't do it, you know, I'm a guy, I might get frustrated. But in the 5 plus years you've worked with me, how often does that actually right. occur? Even even my rants vents have a point. And sometimes they are communicated that way uh, for dramatic effect. When there's a, a a deeper probing philosophical uh, or strategic issue I'm trying to raise that if I just did it in, uh, in with a whiteboard and in a dry presentation the audience might not get because as the great prophet Snoop Dogg once said disho so that that's that's how the enemy behaves here is that the answer to your question is yes he's the most real thing to most of us reading this um, but. To her, specifically, in a micro sense, she doesn't believe the, the values and the relationships that she was modeled in her home were sincere. So she fled to a counterfeit, only to find out that that wasn't sincere either. She's not going to trade one counterfeit for another. She's, she, he doesn't yet know that there's a pretty sharp mind there that can critically think. But what he does know is that she's already been scammed he he wouldn't he wouldn't successfully scam her anyway because she's already heard it she's 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 jaundiced. know what I mean
0: yeah, okay well, in attempting to uh, manipulate her and realizing she's got some uh, knowledge, she does, but he also then quickly realizes how he can start at least turning against her because there's a there's a surface level. she st- she starts. T- wait, you when she finds out I'm supposed to be th- uh, the y- your bride and give birth uh, to the Antichrist. I mean, mm-hmm. this 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 is sound bad. And I learned. And he, where'd you learn that? He mm-hmm. says, "Well, I learned that in church." Mm-hmm. And this this is just. Th- that the hammer blow to closing the chapter to get her to get beyond the obvious cosmic fear she has. And I keep forgetting to bring my readers. in. so if you're looking at me as as an old man who can barely read, that's what you're looking at. Uh, Would that be the same church that you were never good enough for Ray, the same church that judged you, the same church that sneered at you, the same church that brought a few casseroles over after your grandfather died, but had no time for your, uh, you shortly thereafter, the same church that said it was wrong to enjoy all those nerve endings in your body while they were hypocritically doing God knows what with them behind closed doors and, Lord, I could tell you some stories. Would that be the church that told you this? This is what's behind me. When you see me on Twitter or on this show mocking Joe Biden and his devout Catholicism and mm-hmm. then passing tranny madness, he just... He doesn't have to try that hard. Once he figures out she's got some game, then he goes, "Oh, I can do this playing field too." It's he, This alone, right there. Shortly after, she says, "Okay, tell me more." Yeah. And how when, when the church falls and becomes itself, uh, yeah, the place that's hoarding idols. Yes. You, the lambs have no hope.
1: Yes. No hope. The, what he has shown her there is something that we desperately desire as human beings that our society um disastrous disastrously lacks what he is showing her there is empathy
0: they failed you i yeah, get yes it. yeah this is my the, and and that's my point it's they sinc- failed me too it's
1: sincere because he see he, yeah. the devil thinks yeah the old man upstairs, he failed me too. Yeah. I get it. Yeah. His proxy in the pulpit failed you. His proxy at the kitchen table failed you. Well, he failed me too. And for the first time, a connection is made. Because there's empathy. When, when we've talked before about my three, three-dimensional thinking on the show. First dimension is to know why you believe what you believe. The second dimension, know why other people believe what they believe. What do other belief systems, other worldviews, what do they believe? But if we just stop there, that, then this will just become a, a, a contest of will. This, then this will just become an argument. It, you know, can I make my argument better than you? Can I make my argument more forceful than you? But where persuasion really happens is when we get to the third dimension. You to—you don't do the second dimension for persuasion. You need to know what you're persuading. That's why you do the second position or, or second dimension. I don't know what I'm persuading if I don't know what you think, right? But the third dimension is know why other people believe what they believe about what we believe. He just did this to her in the very first chapter of the book. He went through all three of these dimensions. And on the third one, he stuck the landing. Yeah. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. I thought the old man was going to look down at me at the garden and say, thank you. My most prized angelic pupil for showing me that these meat bags that we dug up, that we made up out of the dust of the earth, they, they aren't going to be able to handle this level of responsibility. You, my, my firstborn, my angels, you're going to be made the vicars of this new creation. And in fact, I'll I'll make it even in more splendor and more grandeur than I originally did out of my gratitude for you correcting me. But that's not what happened. And so in his mind, he's been betrayed too. In his you want me to preach? In his mind, the devil is a victim. He's a victim. He's a victim. His identity, in his mind, is I was victimized. I'm the one, I, I told the old man the truth. I told the father the truth. And he cast me out for it. I'm well, a victim. I'll just, That's how he sees it.
0: And he's, he's making that empathetic connection with her. Well, I'll, I'll just say this lastly, and then let, let you go edit, Aaron. But this, I believe, at the end of the chapter, when she just shrugs her shoulders and says, You know what? Why not give it a chance then? I believe this speaks directly to the first half hour of this show. The entire culture writ large has basically said the same thing because the church has pulled its punches and failed to preach truth for so long. I remember years ago when our set was over there and it was different, but it's locked in my brain when we read on air the letter from an atheist to the church and he just basically said, man, you guys used to be so much fun to argue with when you were Mm -hmm. unapologetic Mm -hmm. and now you're just always." yeah you got a point here and you got to put that and i'll give you that and yeah where the progressivism means we got again he's just like i hate arguing with you now Mm -hmm. that's what the the church opened the door for all of us to be raised and said why do i care what you think about anything you offer nothing but thin gruel yeah yes aaron
2: so First of all, I want to say this, and please don't take this as as faint praise, Steve. But I I do remember last year. When you said you wanted to read something to me, and it was the first chapter of this book. And uh, I realized pretty immediately, as you will, when you read the book that it it was it was fiction, but it was different than nefarious plot in that it was um, there was a lot more of a narrative. There was a lot more of a a story arc going on in this book than there was in the last in the last book. And I was surprised in a very good way because you haven't really, You haven't written a lot of novellas like this or any, (laughs) to to be honest, how not campy it is in the first chapter Hmm. because it really doesn't, the conversation, you can't have the conversations, the meta conversations um, that you open up in this first chapter um, without it, without it feeling real, like it's like it's a piece of history. Um, instead of uh, Veggie Tales, if you will, I, I find it interesting in, in thinking about this first chapter and the overall plot of the book. It, it reminds me a lot of of James one, where the birthing metaphor is used for for sin. But each person is tempted when he is lured and enticed by his own desire then desire when it is conceived gives birth to sin and sin when it is fully grown brings forth death the birthing metaphor when it comes to to how sin is conceived and that that takes me back to one part of the chapter the first chapter who are you ray says i'll show myself in due time ray should the conversation take us there but in the meantime who do you want me to be hmm All of the ills, all of the big lies in our culture. And all of the lack of pushback. The lack of what Todd was saying. Where is the unapologetic nature of of the saints, of the church in mass? Where has that gone? All of the lies in culture are basically, I think it comes down to well, what do I want to believe about this? Mm-hmm. Talk about the untruths. You only to borrow another birthing metaphor. Untruths are only born out of uh, out of a culture, out of a society that has no appetite for the truth. Amen. Yep. And so I, I'm I'm not really sure exactly what 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 my specific question here is, Steve. Other than commenting on on this. That this is part and parcel when we see when we see mask mandates or when we see any number of things um, we're, we're often faced. Well, you know, I don't want it to hurt my Christian witness. That's why I have such a huge, huge problem with that. If you're genuinely convicted about that, I, OK. But I also th- tend to think that uh, it doesn't really hurt my or it doesn't really help my Christian witness to believe a, a lie. The distinction that I'm drawing here is that when, we, when we're faced with these things that impact us personally, it's far easier to tell ourselves a lie because that's what we want. Our, that's what we want to believe. It's what we want to believe because it, it means the consequences of believing that means I can I can actually, you know, uh, be considered a polite member of society. So that's my commentary on, on, this, on this chapter.
1: Yes. What, what makes everything, you just, you nailed it, brother. You nailed it. See, Ray, Ray, Ray came from a family that thought they could play that game, mm-hmm. and it blew up their family. So then she went and rebelled completely the other way. All right. Decided to go full bore into the appetites of this world. And that ended up in an abuse and, and even, a, even a worse form of emptiness. Because now she's not safe. At least she was safe in her home that was playing the fake, nice Christian game. But at least she could be safe there. Now, now, she's not even safe. That's why she's lost. She went from one end of the spectrum to the other. The devil comes to her in the form. I know he's described in these early chapters as darkness, shadow. But the true form that he comes to Ray in is reason and reasonable. Come back, play three non-political questions here in a moment. So we've been talking a lot this week about what happened to the flu and now, even the New York Times is pointing out COVID rates plummeting everywhere in America. Really, pretty much every country on Earth except Israel is seeing declining COVID rates. Uh, we're seeing mass drops in hospitalizations as well. Aaron, you were telling me yesterday, your wife
2: at their hospital, right? Yeah, just overall rates here in the Des Moines area are, are going vastly down. So this
1: story is happening everywhere, and that's great news. But... Make sure we don't let our guard down. Because if there's one thing we learned about COVID-19, it is a real virus. It is a real pandemic. A, A good amount of people really died. Whether it is, you know, the 400 some odd thousand were being sold, we may never know. But it's still a significant number, nevertheless, whatever the actual number is. And that's why taking better care of ourselves preemptively, healthier lifestyles, makes a big difference. Maybe for next year when the flu does return, Uh, instead. Same thing applies. That's why you want to check out things like Field of Greens from Brickhouse Nutrition uh, loaded with antioxidants. Uh, This is in my drink first thing in the morning every day. Field of Greens packed with 18 clinically researched essential fruits and vegetables plus things that are good for you like ginger, beets, green tea, and more. It's a powerful combination that can not only support heart health, but a healthy immune system, metabolism, blood pressure, digestion. It's complete with pre and probiotics because the largest immunity system in the body is in the gut so just put one scoop in any water based drink mix it up and you're good to go and you can go to BrickHouseSteve.com right now and get 15% off your first order with the promo code Steve at checkout. And it's available in multiple flavors. I'm trying one of the new ones right now. As a matter of fact, it's pretty good. BrickHouseSteve.com is where to go. BrickHouseSteve.com. Promo code Steve. Get 15% off your first order at BrickHouseSteve.com. It's time for three non-political questions.
2: Great questions that I did not think of in the last 15 minutes. Why would you say that? <laughs> Question number one. That was well done. <laughs> <laughs> Who's on your Mount Rushmore of NFL players who have only been in the league post-2010?
1: Post-2010. Um, okay. Well, I mean, Mahomes has to be on that list, obviously. Yes. Okay. Um, post-2010. So, Rogers isn't on that list. Breeze is not on that list. Is Russell Wilson? How close is he? He played at Wisconsin in 2010. Was that his last year at Wisconsin, I thought?
2: So you can, yeah, yeah. No, so Russell Wilson would be on there.
0: Okay. Okay.
1: Okay. Does that count? Yeah. Did, Did you look it up? No, I stopped okay. because. Aaron's yeah, let's look it up. Don't don't always count on my memory. It's not. It's still pretty good. It's better than the average bear, but any as good as it was when I was thirty six and not forty six. But I thought his last year at Wisconsin was twenty ten. So I think it counts, right? Just keep talking. I, I,
2: yeah, just keep uh, keep okay. going. I'll
1: look um up. So I had Russell Wilson <sighs> since twenty ten. Yeah. Backs. So Russell Wilson third, third round of the 2012 draft. Okay, wow. So oh, yeah. we got a couple years there. Right? Yeah. So I've got Russell Wilson. I've got Pat Mahomes. Um, Running backs. Um, oh, well. Derrick Henry on the Derrick list? Derrick Henry, I was just going to yeah, say. Is he on the list probably? Has he had now two 2,000 yard seasons or was this his first one? Uh, I think he's had two. I think he went over last year too. Okay. So um, Derrick Henry would be on the list. I got to figure out a defender. Who would it be? Um, oh, well, the JJ, Rams. JJ, JJ Watt, Aaron, Aaron Donald. Donald. Oh, yeah. yeah. Aaron Donald. Yeah. Okay. I, I, would, I think JJ Watt at his peak was better than Aaron oh, Donald. What? But what year did he come out yeah. to? Let's look that one up. So I'll go with Aaron Donald or JJ Watt, depending on what year oh, JJ yeah. Watt came out at, at Wisconsin. What year did he come
0: wow, out? 2011.
1: So, all right. So oh, well, um, I'll go with JJ yeah. Watt over Aaron Donald. So JJ Watt, Russell Wilson, um, Derrick Henry, and uh um Pat Mahomes. I'll go with those four.
2: It's good.
0: I'm gonna go with two I think I have I'll take Derrick Henry off, not because my goodness, it's been absolutely awesome, but there's just more longevity from everybody. Hell, a tough call had to be made, but I think he's my he's the one I'll take off.
2: I think the one that I would swap out, and I'm just looking this up now, make just to make sure, is Vaughn Miller. Who was drafted in 2011. Yeah. I'd probably swap him out for either Henry or, or Aaron Donald. Uh, question two. What's the most unlikely thing you were afraid of when you were a child? And what were you and why were you as, uh, afraid of it? The most unlikely? Yes. Weird thing you were afraid of.
1: One, uh, I, I could name two things. Um, there was a uh, I think it's a Betty Davis movie called um, whatever happened to baby Jane or something like that with her and uh, Joan Crawford and I I watched it with my grandmother once uh, you know on like some old movie day when she was babysitting me and Betty Davis had like this really creepy makeup and stuff on and just that creepy face man gave me nightmares big time And when I got a little bit older, my mom would just playfully tease me by pretending to put that face on. Um, That and there was a record album when I was a kid that had, uh, and I have it now, I own it now. It's actually in my library at home. And it's a record album. And on the front is like a red and gray picture of like a Dracula type of vampire. And it was supposed to be like a kid's album. And so the it's it's like a kid's Halloween album with like spooky sounds and stuff. And the first song is the old Monster Mash song. You remember that, right? Yeah. Okay. But then the rest of it is just like little creepy vignettes. And, you know, I, so, you know, they let me buy this at the store when I was a kid, you know, and I put the first song in and, and I'm singing along to Monster Mash. And then this thing gets pretty dark. At least I thought it was pretty dark for five, six, seven years old. And I mean, it scared me to death. Like I didn't want to ever listen to it. I didn't want to even look at the cover. It gave me nightmares. So uh, I, I found it on eBay several years ago and bought it and just put it in my library just to kind of claim it as a, as a trophy. Cause I hate doing things out of fear. Um, you know? So those, those, those two things uh, are what I remember in my childhood freaking me out.
0: Well, I remember them in my childhood and it's, Still there, and it's all the weirder because it—you it, watch it with your own kids, and it's not there. I—I I mean, heck, I was just on an airplane, like flying, being up high. None of that bothers me. But if there's like a a ledge, we were. <laughs> uh just at a hotel a couple weeks ago with my daughters and it was one of those embassy suites where the inside is a courtyard mm-hmm. and it's uh, we were on the 8th floor and like the it, the railings are like either glass or almost clear and it's still it did when i was a kid and still so it just creeps me out to go right up to that edge and yet it's my kids are totally unfazed by it. when they were young they were so i, I it's, it's bizarre to me because there, I never saw any like uh-oh moment or something, mm-hmm. but I still, I just get, it's bizarre. I get rubber legs and I sound like I'm a grown man and it's, <laughs> it, it just happens. yeah
2: uh, that's, That is interesting. Um, for me, it was uh, a stuffed fish that my grandpa or great grandpa caught. It was a large, large bass. Um, and that thing, that thing was huge. And my brothers told me that it was going to eat me. So I was, I was afraid of that thing <laughs> for a long time uh, when I was little. Sounds
1: like something brothers would say to you.
2: Yeah. yeah. When, uh, when I was a little bit older though, I'm not going to tell you how much older, when I was a little bit older though, uh, signs, the movie signs scared the living daylights out of me, it scared the living daylights out of me. I could not sleep well for like two or three weeks after I watched that movie. Hmm. Uh, Question three. What's one thing you wish you would have done when you were younger, but didn't.
1: See, I could do like whole shows on this. That's why I, as I became an adult, I'm like, I'm not, I'm not doing things out of fear anymore. Okay. I, I don't think I can accurately answer this question. Um, I think the answer to this question would would get me in trouble. Um it's the second thing. <laughs> uh um I will I'll put it this way. Okay. There was a very popular girl in school that i knew liked me she made it very clear that she did and i liked her and um i was afraid of um how do i put this i i i i i I was afraid of how much I liked her. So I never asked her out. I guess we'll put it that way. Okay. That I was, I I was afraid of how much I liked her. So I never asked her out and there's more to it than that, but I'll just leave it at that. And um, I, I, I have a great life, right? I, I don't have too many complaints, but, like, I don't like, like this isn't like, um, a little Texas song. What might've been, I'm not, it's the point that I didn't ask her out out of fear. Okay. That was the thing. Okay. I, I, I didn't ask her out out of fear of where it would go. Um, and that was one of the defining things for me as I got older. I'm just not living a life of fear anymore. I'm, I'm not going to be afraid of what happens if, if it fails or what happens if it's a no? And so, you know, you've seen me take big risks. You've seen me back presidential candidates in Iowa who were at negative percents or one or 2%, and then thankfully went on and won. I mean, I walked away from a pretty successful, cushy job working for WHO in Des Moines. I could have done that the rest of my life and made a, a nice living and been a somewhat pillar of the community as much as somebody with our belief system can be, Right. Um, and, and never really been threatened about cutbacks or anything because of how successful that station is. But I thought there was more for me to do. So I walked away from that voluntarily into unknown to see what would happen. So I, I just am, um, I, I'm not, I don't, I don't do things out of fear anymore. Now, now, that doesn't mean like there's a roller coaster ride at our local amusement park. I mean, I have been all over the country, ridden everything. This new roller coaster at the local amusement park here at Ventureland damn near killed me two years ago. I'm never getting back on that thing. Okay.
2: But I did it once. Which one? Which one?
1: Okay. I don't know which one. It's the brand new one. Okay. Oh. It's the one. I, all I know is two or three times, I my my rear end lifted out of the seat and I look straight down at the ground. Okay. <laughs> no. All right. So, so but I did do it once and then I realized that doesn't mean I don't, don't know your limits. Okay. But
0: I, I just refuse to let fear paralyze me. So, regrets from our youth? That's the question.
2: Yes. Basically, yeah. Yeah.
0: I, I wish I would have been more clear headed before college about what I now talk with my daughters about. Like, the, know what you're the difference between what you're good at and what you love. Sometimes they're the same thing, but oftentimes they're not, and how to embrace that whole picture in terms of why you go to college, or don't go at all for a while and figure that out. but if you're going to go to college and can we, it, let's set aside progressive swell nonsense because college and education public schools they're supposed to be good things they're not supposed to be what they are now but so so that I spent my four years truly embracing whatever i decided to go into i mean that's so many people just walk through it and i know it like a ghost just experiencing life and you know it turns you into the stupid fools you are when you get out that are now destroying our own country by the grace of god i hope i'm not one of those people but um yeah I, i absolutely regret not taking better of advantage of my education
2: I think for me, uh, man, I, I wouldn't have been very good probably at, uh, at hardly any of them, but I, I, should have, I should have played more sports in, in high school. Hmm. I only did football in high school. I did basketball and football and baseball in uh, one year in middle school. Um, but other than that, I, I really should have really should have done more sports. So that's my, my only regret. That's it for three questions if you are thinking of getting
1: involved in the real estate market especially in these unprecedented times Bing. there you go uh, make sure that you go in with a real estate agent that you can trust where would you find such an agent well the name kind of says it all real estate agents I is where you can go to find a real estate agent whose record of success track record has been fully vetted otherwise they would not be referred to you and this is a company started by Glenn Beck and some of his associates who were tired of real estate agents who talked a good game but then, when they were needed to deliver those promised results, couldn't get the job done. They did not want you to suffer the same fate as they did, so they started this company so that you would not learn from their pain. Go to this website. Really, even, even when things are humming and open, the real estate process can be one of the most stressful things you'll do in your life as a couple. All right? So go to this website, realestateagentsitrust.com. Again, that's realestateagentsitrust.com. All right, we're going to stick around after the show today and tape the overtime for Blaze TV subscribers at blazetv.com slash dace. That's where you can go. If you are a Blaze TV subscriber, we'll tape it right after the program, upload it. It'll be available for you to watch on demand later this afternoon. If you're not yet a Blaze TV subscriber, that's the same place you can go to become one and get a discounted subscription so that you're always getting our content from us instead of waiting for the day that big tech pulls the plug. All right, blazetv.com slash DACE. Today's topic, we're going to talk about the Biden administration trying to get airlines to agree to a policy that you can't get on a domestic flight without proof of a negative COVID test and why we think at least I think I'm going to make the case, Todd, you, you and Aaron can decide if you think I'm wrong. I'm going to make the case why I don't think that's going to happen. And I, and, and why I think, and I think it's also why you saw the airlines pitching the idea of proof of vaccination to get on the plane late last year. But why that may not happen either. We're going to get to that coming up in the overtime today at blaze tv.com slash dace. That's D-E-A-C-E. Again, that's where you can go to become a subscriber and also to watch today's Overtime if you're already one. want to thank Kyle Lamb, researcher extraordinaire, for joining us earlier today, as well as all of you. Back at it again tomorrow, noon to 2 Eastern, right after Glenn Beck here on Blaze TV Radio and Podcast. Until then, John 317. This is Steve Dace